And now, a message from Google. Cyber attacks on critical infrastructure threaten the essential services we all rely on. That's why public institutions like schools, hospitals, and government agencies across the country are partnering with Google to keep their data safe and secure. Because when organizations like these run on Google Cloud, they're defended by the same AI-powered security that protects all of Google. Explore how Google is keeping more Americans safe online than anyone else at safety.google forward slash cybersecurity. Hey, everybody, it's Anna Palmer from The Daily Punch. You are listening to the third edition of our podcast, The Future of Cybersecurity. This month, we are going deep on the future of cybersecurity just in time for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. I'm going to be joined, as always, by senior congressional reporter Andrew Desiderio, who is leading our efforts on this project. A big thank you to Google for making this podcast and product possible. In today's edition, we are going to be digging into the players when it comes to cybersecurity. The lawmakers leading the effort, administration officials trying to lead the way, and industry titans who are weighing in with a lot on the line. Andrew, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Anna. All right, so let's let's talk lawmakers. We have talked about the state of play, the legislative landscape. You know, there's some clear leaders here in Congress when it comes to people who are trying to make put their own stamp on the legislation and also the urgency with which they want Congress to actually act. Yeah, I, I think the, the the two players in Congress here that are going to be the most important are going to be Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, as well as Republican Senator Mike Rounds from South Dakota. They are leading this broader artificial intelligence effort. Schumer has talked a lot about this. I know we've talked a lot about this uh, on our previous podcasts as well, but his message on AI has been quite consistent. He said that Congress has to step up uh, sooner rather than later with comprehensive legislation that addresses both AI's great benefits as well as the existential threats it could pose to American society. That, of, of course, includes uh, threats to financial markets as well as uh, to confidence in our elections. So uh, in terms of uh, Capitol Hill, I think Chuck Schumer and Mike Rounds are going to be the two folks to watch here. And obviously, anything cybersecurity related is going to have to bring together a, a very ideologically diverse coalition. And that's why we're also talking today about Senators Marsha Blackburn and Maria Cantwell. Uh, Senator Black, Blackburn is one of the most conservative members of the Senate, and she is really stepping up on this issue. Uh, she's framing it as really a race to beat China, uh, which is a very, uh, you know, a prevalent theme on the conservative right right now, uh, emphasizing the fact that China is our long-term adversary and we need to restrict China's ability to use artificial intelligence to advance its geopolitical interests around the world from cyber espionage to its surveillance surveillance state uh, and expanded military capabilities as well. Uh, and lastly, of course, Senator Cantwell, she chairs the Senate Commerce Committee. Uh, she has said that there needs to be uh, an, an AI bill similar to the GI Bill after World War II, uh, which of course aimed to prepare Americans for what was a changing economy at the time. Uh, in today's context, Canwell argues that this should entail workforce training programs and education about AI's capabilities. And she's been very vocal as well on the problems surrounding deep fakes on the internet, those images and videos that can look and sound real but are actually fabricated, uh, often with the intent to stir up chaos and just and deceive people. So um, at least from the Capitol Hill perspective, these are going to be the four people to watch uh, when you're trying to put together a broad, ideologically diverse coalition. So I know you cover the Senate for us, but, so your bias might be towards what is happening in that chamber. Um, 
but they really are leading right now when it comes to policy. Uh, the House is kind of taking a little bit more of, of a wait and see approach. Yeah, I think that's accurate. You know, that the House right now, uh, obviously, they've got a lot going on. Uh, they've had a lot going on uh, all all year uh, in terms of the uh, the efforts to to oust the speaker and to elect a speaker in the first place, and now to elect a speaker again. Uh, but you know, what they're really focused on right now is seeing what the Senate can come up with, and then going from there uh, on the bipartisan legislation that was the hallmark of President Biden's first two years in office. You saw the same thing, right? The Senate led the charge on that, and the House just basically accepted what the Senate passed. Uh, not saying it's going to be the same same thing this time around, but you do have members of the House kind of being more deferential to the Senate on this effort. Yes, they've held hearings. Yes, they've introduced legislation, legislative frameworks as well. Uh, but they are really openly saying, yes, this is something that Majority Leader Schumer and Republican Senator Mike Rounds are focusing on right now. Let's see what they come up with and see if they can get a grand bargain. All right, let's shift gears here, because as much as we love covering what's happening under the dome, the White House and the administration has a a pretty outsized role here when it comes to cybersecurity, when it comes to infrastructure, uh, how they are thinking about artificial intelligence. Who are some of the key folks uh, that maybe our listeners haven't heard of, but that we should be paying attention to? Yeah, first and foremost is Aradi Prabhakar. She is the uh, director of the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. She effectively is the president's top science and tech advisor. Um, she is really leading the administration's efforts on AI. She rolled out the the uh, what the White House called the AI Bill of Rights framework earlier this year. Uh, and in recent congressional testimony, she seemed to indicate that President Biden will soon roll out an executive order centered on AI, but she didn't really get into the specifics of what that could look like. Uh, obviously, the White House right now has been trying to tout the fact that they're in touch with these private companies, uh, with industry leaders, to try to get commitments uh, that AI is going to be used safely uh, and isn't going to infringe upon Americans' rights in any way or harm uh, the economy negatively. So uh, those will probably be elements of whatever the president comes up with there. The second person from the administration uh, is Jen Easterly. Uh, she is the director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Uh, this makes her effectively the top cyber official in the executive branch. Uh, this uh, agency, uh, it's called CISA for short, uh, was created under the Trump administration and the goal is basically to safeguard American elections from cyber attacks and efforts by foreign adversaries to use AI and social media to sow chaos and discontent among the American electorate. Obviously, with what happened in 2016, this was a priority. So Congress stood up uh, CISA in 2018 under the Trump administration. Uh, Jen Easterly has talked a lot about AI. She has said it's uh, sort of the ability to spread misinformation and disinformation online, uh, like using deep fakes, as I mentioned before, could be one of the most detrimental cyber threats uh, ahead of 2024. So uh, I think in terms of what the administration is going to be doing, I think Arati Prabhakar is going to be involved, as will uh, Jen Easterly. And whenever there's legislation that impacts business, industry gets involved. Uh, This has been one of the kind of very interesting things to me is how we've seen these tech titans that have for so long pushed back against any regulation. Uh, You often feel like that divide between Silicon Valley and Washington. Silicon Valley folks think they're changing the world and that's where good idea, Washington is where good ideas go to die. But this has been a different uh, kind of engagement where you have CEOs not only testifying, working behind the scenes, doing meetings. Um, who do you see playing, you know, of, of those, and there's many, uh, playing, playing a key role? 
Yeah, these industry leaders are really having uh, a hands-on role right now uh, in the early stages of this effort on Capitol Hill. Obviously, at the uh, forum that Senator Schumer and Senator Rounds hosted on AI, uh, these people were the headliners. They were the ones that everybody wanted to hear from. The first was, of course, Sam Altman. He's the CEO of OpenAI. Uh, this is uh, the, the company that owns ChatGPT, which is the language-based AI platform that is just less than a year old, but has already been used by hundreds of millions of people around the world. Uh, and importantly, ChatGPT's source code is a secret. Uh, both uh, Altman as well as uh, CEO of Tesla and X, Elon Musk, uh, have said that making uh, their uh, source code open could open the door for what they say is an AI arms race. And this is a huge debate in the AI world right now. Uh, on the other side, you have people like uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Meta. Uh, he was also a headliner at this forum. Uh, Meta just came out with its most recent AI language-based platform known as Llama 2. Uh, that is different from ChatGPT in that it's all open source. Uh, Zuckerberg has really vigorously defended this model, saying it encourages innovation uh, and can help improve safety and security because, quote, when software is open, more people can scrutinize it to identify and fix potential issues. Uh, but, you know, the Sam Altmans and the Elon Musks of the world would say that that alone is dangerous because then you could have what they say could lead to sort of an arms race for AI in terms of the capabilities and, you know, how it could be used for malign purposes, which is a whole uh, other part of this Senate effort on AI, which is not to just allow AI to, to flourish and and to you know, spur innovation in the United States, but also to make sure that you're mitigating the risks that could come with it. Uh, and this is a major, major debate in the AI world right now. And uh, I have a feeling that Congress is not gonna settle that debate when they come up with legislation, but they're sure gonna try. All right. Thank you, Andrew. We appreciate it. And thank you all so much for listening to the third installment of our special edition podcast, The Future Of. Now I'd like to welcome Mark Jajat, from Google to the conversation. Now I'd like to welcome Marcus Jadot to the podcast as part of our sponsor programming. Marcus, thanks so much for joining me this morning. Anna, great to be with you. Thank you. You are Vice President of Government Affairs and Public Policy at Google Cloud. You're joining us as part of our Future of Cybersecurity podcast series. First, can you just talk a little bit about what you see as the top cybersecurity threat facing the US? Well, I will say that uh, the administration uh, has made very clear that its top priority is defending uh, critical infrastructure against sophisticated nation state uh, actors. We agree with that. And our analysts at uh, Google Mandiant uh, have continued to report that China link attackers have uh, deployed increasingly sophisticated and stealthy stealthy tactics to gain access to U.S. critical infrastructure. Uh, we saw this recently with the, the most recent uh, Microsoft breach that resulted in uh, Chinese actors gaining access to uh, emails of cabinet secretaries and others. How are you seeing the Biden administration kind of you talk about kind of their focus when it comes to foreign actors? But is there, you know, kind of a lot of work that's being done between the administration and the private sector? Is that kind of that partnership important? The, the partnership really is is critical. 
Um, we have, have seen an ongoing effort by the administration to partner with, uh, with the private sector. Uh, we would like to see, certainly see more of, of, of that kind of, of partnership and uh, believe that it's important that across government, uh, there is a focus on uh, public-private partnership. Ultimately, uh, we're going to secure our critical infrastructure by up-leveling um, up our cyber defenses and shifting U.S. digital infrastructure to modern cloud-based and secure by default technologies. I want to shift gears a little bit because uh, Andrew Desiderio, our reporter, who's been uh, digging deep into the politics and the policy of uh, what's surrounding cybersecurity in Washington, uh, there's one word you can't get away from, which is artificial intelligence. It is a big topic uh, on the Hill. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer recently held an AI form to help get lawmakers up to speed. What do you see happening in the coming months on AI and security policy? Well, uh, Google is a uh, AI first company. Uh, we've uh, been committed to developing AI technologies now for uh, most of, of the last decade. Uh, we certainly uh, believe that artificial intelligence has the potential to be a massive force multiplier for U.S. cyber defenders. Uh, AI is a key element of our own cyber defense at, at Google, and we're making these capabilities available to, uh, to the, the public sector, the government, and uh, our customers across the U.S. economy. Talk a little bit about that. Like, how does Google use generative AI? I, I think sometimes there's a lot of people don't quite even know what people mean when they say AI. Yeah, I, I think, um, so if, if we focus, would love to have a broader conversation about AI, but uh, remaining focus on AI uh, in, uh, in, in cyber defense, in cybersecurity, um, we recently announced our AI waterproofing tool, uh, SynthID, which will prevent um, threat actors from using uh, um, imaging to promote um, uh, mis- and disinformation. That's one example of using uh, Gen AI to advance uh, cybersecurity uh, priorities. We're also looking at tools that uh, imagine um, uh, an AI tool that would uh, scan uh, an attachment and identify malware. Uh, what kind of malware is involved in the uh, in the attachment, and uh, ultimately uh, how uh, threat actors would use the malware to um, uh, to uh, harm our users. So those are two examples of, of tools that we are looking to roll out. Uh, to be uh, underpinned by AI uh, to make um, our users' systems more secure. Can you talk a little bit about how Google looks at AI security and, and how you've kind of come up with your own security standards? 
Yeah, you know, this is a, an, an area that Google has, again, uh, led on. Um, and we hope to... Uh, we hope to continue to work with the administration uh, on these efforts. We spent years developing our own AI governance uh, uh, framework uh, and uh, a framework that aligns with uh, the NIST AI management framework and uh, we believe is is industry leading uh, and uh, is a set of tools and, and practices that uh, we have shared with um, both with government and uh, our, our peers in, in industry. Uh, we're looking forward to, to continue to um, work with NIST and, and other um, other standards making bodies as as the AI ecosystem uh, advances and, and matures. I want to switch gears one more time uh, before I let you go. There's so much focus right now by the companies and industry as well as government on AI and cyber. What do you think can be done to help encourage more people to go into a career in cybersecurity? Well, the, an, another area that Google has has been focused on, um, clearly one of the greatest uh, cyber risks that we have is a shortage of trained talent in cybersecurity. Uh, Google has made um significant investments in expanding and diversifying the global cyber workforce uh, through programs <clears throat> like the Google Career Certificate in Cybersecurity and uh, our work with uh, cybersecurity clinics around the world. In 2021, we committed to help 100,000 Americans in cybersecurity as part of a $10 billion uh, pledge to strengthen cybersecurity globally. Last year, we made uh, significant progress uh, against that goal, rolling out a couple of new programs. I'd like to highlight uh, a, a couple of those programs during our conversation today. In June, we announced a partnership with the Consortium for Cybersecurity Clinics to provide $20 million in grants from uh, Google.org. And that work um, uh, is centered on partnerships with, um, with the universities around the country to set up um, cybersecurity clinics in, in partnership with um, organizations like, uh, like uh, schools and, and hospitals, uh, organizations that may be resource poor but are, are data rich and are key targets for threat actors. I want to end on this. I mean, you talk a lot about what Google's been doing, and, and there's a lot of kind of this public-private partnership that happens. Uh, zoom forward, what are things that you hope that you can see the public and the private sector working together when it comes to kind of workforce issues like this? Well, I'd like, like to uh, imagine that um, we not only will the private sector continue to provide um, funding, uh, and and content, but that workforce development remains um, a priority for our government partners. And you know, we we begin to see investments in the public education system around cybersecurity. That uh, the public workforce 
is further educated on 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 cybersecurity, uh, that it remains a priority to um, help Americans across the board of all ages uh, and skill sets understand the the threat and are better prepared to uh, mitigate um, uh, threats in in their own lives. Marcus, thanks so much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Anna, thanks so much for having me. Really enjoyed the conversation. All right, and thanks so much for listening to our third special edition of The Future of Cybersecurity. You can check out the entire project at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.